Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. The story that I'm about to tell unfolded about a year ago. It's something that still gives me a charming amount of PTSD. I'm currently on anxiety medication for it, even though I have all the facts now. So I grew up in a small town. Just for a little bit of context, I was one of three children. I hated my stepdad, and I hated living in my hometown. I was determined to get the hell out of there from a young age. So at 15, I started working at one of the two local pizza places. By 16, I was able to afford a car, albeit a beat-up one, but it allowed me to get on the road and make deliveries, which meant more money for me. I had previously been robbed during a pizza delivery at a Super Bowl party one time. I was held at knife point and had to forfeit all of my pizza, as well as the cash. This oddly enough didn't bug me that much. I don't know why. To this day, I barely find myself thinking about it, but after this experience, I took to carrying a can of pepper spray with me at all times. So I'll move on to the incident at hand. It was late one night, nearing closing time, which is 1am. We had gotten a call to deliver three pizzas to an address the next town over. The next town over is a place that's out of our delivery range, but sometimes we bend the rules based on the size of the order. So let me explain the circumstances. Out of all of our delivery drivers, as well as the assistant manager at the time, there were a few that were peddling drugs. A quote-unquote customer would have to ask for a very specific order, specific sizes, specific toppings, and in a certain order. No exceptions. So it was kind of an unwritten rule for one of those specific drivers to make that delivery. I had never expressed interest in being one of them, but on this night, I became one. I knew the tools of the trade so when I saw the garlic bread bag on top of those specific pizza orders, I knew what my task was. My assistant manager at the time even specifically instructed me to get the envelope from the customer and that he was sure they were a really big tipper, implying that I would get a service fee for the trouble. I didn't want to conduct this, but my hands were sort of tied. Desperation does that to a person. All I wanted to do was finish my shift, so I took off with haste. It took me about 30 minutes to get to the location. It was in a sparsely populated neighborhood. I went up to the door of the address and was greeted by a girl. I actually went to school with her, so for some reason, that put me at ease a little bit. But she had changed. A lot. She was really pretty at one point and super outgoing. But now, she looks as if she had developed a problem, which isn't incredibly uncommon in my area. She greeted me with a smile and accepted the pizzas. When then, out of the darkness, my arms were restrained behind my back, and mere seconds later I found the barrel of a 45 revolver placed right up against my head. I instantly began to plead for my life, which only seemed to amuse them. The one with the gun demanded my wallet. I saw no point in arguing. I told him where he could find it. When I didn't have enough money in it, he demanded all the work cash. For a little more context, Pizza places will typically tell you that the drivers don't carry more than $20 in change, but this is a lie. 
This is mostly said so that it doesn't seem like we're carrying more money in case of a robbery situation. But the bad guys knew this. The guy with the gun hit me in the face when I didn't produce the rest of the money. I usually leave it in the car. And he didn't accept my explanation. At that point, I was forced into the house. I screamed for help, but it accomplished absolutely nothing. The guy that was holding me threw me onto the couch, and the girl had closed the door. I explained to them that I wasn't aware of any policy, and if they had an issue, to please take it up with my assistant manager. I know now just how ridiculous that sounds. The guy with the gun, who was clearly under the influence, asked for one driver specifically. He asked why he didn't show up. I told him that he was making other deliveries. It took everything in me not to cry at this point. After asking me some other questions that I couldn't answer, he put the gun to my head and pulled the hammer back. He then instructed me to call the other driver and have him present himself. I slowly complied, but instead of grabbing my phone, I grabbed that pepper spray. It felt stupid, but I saw a brief glimpse of opportunity to get the hell out of there. I elbowed the pistol from my face and sprayed the whole canister into his. I emptied my entire clip, spraying him in the eyes, nose, and inside the mouth. The smell of that stuff still irritates my sinuses when I think about it, and I didn't even take a direct hit of the stuff. Now I've been in exactly three fights in my entire life before this, and I got my ass kicked in all three of them. But after spraying him, I hit him in the groin and then slammed my fist down into his face. We wrestled for the pistol for a few seconds. I managed to get it on the floor before kicking it away. The other guy ran for it, but I beat him to it. Once I had the gun in my hand, he backed off and asked me to leave. Now I'm not a violent person in the slightest, but I'll admit that when I think back, I still get some joy out of the look on his face when he saw me holding that gun. I was on cloud nine for a few moments, but once I got a healthy distance from the house, I pulled my car over and immediately threw up. I realized that I was still holding the pistol. Upon further observation, I noticed that it only had one bullet in it, and it wasn't the chambered one. He could have pulled that trigger about four times before I got killed. When I got back to the restaurant, my manager and I got into a heated argument over not bringing his product back. I simply left. I wasn't having that after my night. When I got home, I told my stepdad about what had happened. He would actually later go find my manager about it. I don't know exactly what happened, but when I got to work on Monday, I clocked in with absolutely zero issue. I worked there for about another month before deciding I'd rather go struggle somewhere else. I knew that it was time. I've since moved about three hours away, have my own two-bedroom apartment, and I'm a culinary student. Through my program, I got a job working at, and you guessed it, a pizza place. But it's a gourmet pizza place, and it's something that allows me to take pride in my cooking. I've since bought a gun as well. I'm still extremely cautious about things, but I'd say life is looking up. This happened over the Memorial Day weekend, and before anybody can ask, I want you to know that we've already reported this to everyone that we can think of it being relevant to. I spent the weekend with two girlfriends in Las Vegas. We decided to call a lift to take us from our hotel on the Strip to old Las Vegas to see some of the hotels 
and the sights on Fremont Street. The lift driver that we called was an older man from Greece. He seemed friendly enough in the beginning of the ride, so no red flags yet. At one point, the driver began asking one of my friends questions that could be used to map out where exactly she lived, without actually asking where she lived. Asking her questions like what state she's from, specifically what town, what kind of stores were near her home, and how far away they were to her, specifically Costco. First red flag went off. The second red flag went off when we realized what should have been only a 10-minute ride was now getting closer to a half-hour ride, and we had somehow ended up back at the resort from which we started our trip. We all noticed that now and asked why we did a loop like that. He answered with some type of non-answer at this point, which none of us understood as he kept driving. It was almost as if he was trying to test how drunk we were and if we would even notice. At this point, no one is talking to him anymore, yet he keeps rambling. One of my friends has now texted her mom, and I have Google Maps out now to make sure he's taking us in the right direction. He then mentioned something about taking us to check out the destination we requested, and then taking us to a nicer part of that area if we don't like it. Third red flag, and now I'm angry. No more being friendly. All too often it seems like women have to choose between being friendly or not to stay safe around men. This was a moment where I needed to make it clear that he was taking us to our destination and nowhere else. I angrily say, absolutely not. We're going to where we asked to be taken. Thinking he can easily mark us as dropped off then take us to a destination where we have no idea what's waiting there for us. Blank expression on his face. No reaction to my anger. But he just keeps rambling about how his spot is better. He eventually drops us off in the right place and we quickly amble out of the car. As we head straight for the nearest casino, I can't help but notice that instead of pulling off and getting right back into traffic, this driver just sits in his car, parked in the red zone that he had dropped us off in. I can feel his eye beams boring into my back as we finally make our way into the casino. Once the door shut behind us, I turn around to face him one final time. This man has now exited his car, and it appears as if he's on the phone. He glances up at the facade of the casino, as if he's trying to tell what casino he just dropped us off at. As his eyes come back to street level, I can tell that he can see me through the doors, peering right at him. He takes this opportunity to flash me the most unsettling, toothiest grin that I've ever seen in my life. My girlfriends and I decide that this is probably the best place to leave this situation. We're in a crowded, people-dense area, lots of cameras, and this man didn't visibly follow us inside. But what's creepy is that this man had 15,000 plus ratings on Lyft. I'd imagine that giving rides is probably his full-time job, but I'd be hard-pressed to think that we're the only ones he's ever given those taken vibes to. While I'm not sure what he was really trying to do or where he was actually trying to take us, I'm proud that we were adamant about him taking us where we wanted to go and not a step further. Be safe out there, everybody. You never know what people really have planned. This happened seven years ago when I was a little more naive, about 30 pounds lighter, 
still just as short. It was a week before Christmas, and I was finishing up my shopping. My mother, aunt, and Nana are all big lottery people, so I tend to get them scratch-off tickets and seasonal tickets as gifts. I don't gamble really, so it's my one time buying them a year. I always go to the same place down the street from me, and I wouldn't say I live anywhere particularly dangerous. Not gated community level safe, but like a solid, children can walk around alone in the dusk sort of safe. Now, I drove an old Saab at the time, and that was a classic no one can drive her but me level finicky. Sometimes, she just wouldn't start unless you held the brake and shifted through the gears. It took forever for me to figure out that that was a special secret handshake. It had a convertible top, but it needed to be manually put back up if you put it down. It wasn't a design feature, it was just a lot of wonky stuff. My brother, who was a lunatic with toxic rage issues, but that's a different story, had broken the handle on my passenger side door right before this story took place, so it's important to know that you couldn't open that door at all anymore. To get in the passenger side, you were either going to dukes of hazard it, or you were going through the driver's side door to get to your seat. So it's Christmassy, a bit of snow and sludge, but a fairly normal day. I go to the gas station to get the tickets, cash only, so I'd committed to memory just how much cash it was going to take. There are a few people behind me in line, a few people playing Kino in the sitting area. There's this one wiry guy behind me to the side in line, but I didn't notice much other than the fact that he was a little closer than I would have personally liked. I make my purchases, several $20 scratch tickets. My family doesn't want anything less. Bad odds, apparently. A couple year-long season tickets, adding up to just over $400. Ouch. I pay the cashier and head out the door to my janky little sob, sit down, close the door, don't lock it, and begin to count and organize my change and everything. Not even 30 seconds later, that same wiry man comes out and walks right by my car. As he does, he stalls for a split second and tries my passenger side handle. It doesn't work and just makes a clunk as the handle is sort of free moving and doesn't connect to any mechanical stuff at this point. My heart drops and my stomach turns sour. My body knew to panic, but my head hadn't quite caught up yet. As this man's door opening failure proceeds, I see his eyes flicker up at me almost as if he's gauging whether or not I've clocked what he tried to do. He immediately keeps going, walking out of the parking lot and down the sidewalk out of sight. Until I thought about it later and told some other people about this happening, I didn't even consider that the man was probably going to try to rob me. Or worse. I am now religiously obsessed with locking my doors as soon as I sit in the car. And I must say, I'm a lot more vigilant when it comes to Christmas time, knowing that there are a lot of creeps out there. I think the big kicker to this story is that through all this trouble of getting these tickets and what I perhaps would have gone through had that door opened, none of my family members won on any of their tickets. This was all pretty much for nothing. <laughs>